Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Mesa Christian Church. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He said to them, take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake off the dust of your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Wow, he got their hearts and mobilized them and sent them out. And this is a new phase of Jesus' ministry. It began when he sent out the apostles to do the type of preaching, teaching and healing they had observed him doing. This was the third tour of this area of Galilee by Jesus and his disciples. On the first tour, Jesus traveled with four, the four fishermen. On the second, all 12 were with him. But on the third, Jesus traveled most of this area on his own because he'd sent the, the, the other 12 out to go to all the towns themselves. So this was a significant change of Jesus' strategy. And leadership, he says, okay, you've been watching me and they were having a great time watching the miracles, enjoying the, the food when he multiplied the food, hearing Jesus' amazing stories and teaching, people getting raised from the dead. They thought, wow, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened in our life. Until Jesus said, okay, it's your turn now. They said, what? What do you mean? We can't do what you do. He says, yes, you can. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to empower you and go out and do it. So some of the guys, I'm sure they went out with fear and trepidation the first time they started preaching or, or praying to the sick. They're thinking, what's going to happen? Is anything going to happen? But they stepped out on faith. And uh, if you go over to uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 1 to 9, this is another group of people he raised up. After this, the Lord had appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals. And do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and you're welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. And you've got to remember there were very few inns or hotels, so they stayed in people's homes. He said, don't keep moving around. Just stay there and, and use that as your base. Verse 16. Whenever, whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me, but whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to everyone to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. So in these two sections, we see some powerful things that Jesus, how he mobilized and led them and mobilized them to become leaders in his kingdom. 
The first missionary journey with the 12 signified the mission to the Jews, to Israel. But this mission signified the mission to the Gentiles. He sent them out into areas. So Jesus had a strategy, not only with his leadership strategy, but how to reach all of the communities and towns and cities. So God, when you walk with him, he gives you strategies for your life, for leadership in your business, in your family, in your workplace, in our ministries. The Holy Spirit leads us with his strategies. And uh, Jesus' amazing leadership is shown with these previously untrained men. They hadn't been to Bible college. They hadn't been sitting uh, at the rabbi's feet. But within short time, they're out there preaching the gospel and seeing whole communities transformed. How on earth did this happen? Let's look at a couple of the keys. Number one, Jesus demonstrated the kingdom of God first. He led by example. He didn't just tell them. He did it and then he explained it. And the Bible says that Jesus preached the gospel but always demonstrated it as well. And so in our lives, we need to demonstrate his love, his truth, his care, his grace, his mercy, all of those things. And we also then teach and speak about it. So he led by example. His character was full of integrity, the fruit of the Spirit. Many of you have learned in leadership, you reproduce who you are, not just what you say. Every parent and grandparent is a leader in their home. Whether you want to be or not, you just are. And we can teach them and tell the kids, but guess what? They'll often do what you do, not just what you say. So that's why God keeps refining our character. That's why he keeps working on us to deal with areas of selfishness and healing us from brokenness and pain and trauma because he wants us to be as whole and as free as possible so that you'll reproduce the nature of Jesus in the people that we share with. That's why he doesn't give up on us. That's why he continues to challenge us. That's why you hear a sermon all the time and think, oh God, because he loves us too much to leave us the way we are. He keeps transforming us and he works from the inside out. I've learned, just keep saying yes to the Holy Spirit. Just keep saying yes when you're challenged from the scriptures, when you hear a testimony and God says, you can do that as well. Just keep saying yes, even though you don't have all the answers, you're not quite sure how you're going to resource it, you're not quite sure how it's all going to happen. Just keep saying yes to the leading of the Holy Spirit and his word to go. Just keep saying yes. I've learned that's the best way to grow, the best way to follow his leadership. Number two, he did train them by teaching um, clear instructions and as he sent them out he told them go into at homes and he told them all the things to do and not to do he said travel light don't carry too much of this world and some people say well I'll serve God when I get my business sorted or I'll serve God when my family grows up guess what there's always going to be another excuse I've learned serve him now in whatever capacity you can let him grow you in leadership and you'll see that God's blessing will flow in every season of your life I know there are certain seasons that are busier, but God will make a way for you. Number three, he delegated to them with a very clear mission and guidelines. He spelt it out very clearly. He delegated. They probably would argue, say, no, Jesus, we'll go with you and we'll learn to help pray for the crowds when you're doing it. He says, no, 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 you've got to go out yourself. So he thrust them out. He said, go with very clear direction and guidelines. So if you want to be in leadership, you need to demonstrate it and live it first. You need to train through teaching. You need to delegate. And number four, you need to empower them with authority. In other words, give, them, give people permission to have a go and even fail. I wonder if they did it really well the first time they got up and preached. They would have been nervous. 
They probably got better as they went along. And that's why he sent them out two by two. So if one was having a bad day, he said, I'm not doing this. I've made a real mess of that. The other one get, well, I'll have a go today. And they encouraged one another and they supported one another. That's what the power of teams. Two or more in teams is so, so powerful. That's why in church we have teams leading our youth and our kids' ministry and, and our young at heart. So we have teams serving on our front line and all sorts of ministry. We have worship teams. We do it together so that we can encourage and support one another. Luke 10, 19 in the Amplified says, Behold, I have given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power that the enemy possesses and nothing shall in any way harm you. Thank God that he hasn't sent us out just in your own strength. He actually takes your ability and then adds his supernatural ability. He takes your capacity and then he adds clarity to it. And that's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. I've got on missions trips and you're flying over in the plane thinking, what am I going to say? And you've done your preparation, you've prepared your heart. And when you get there, you're launched into unbelievable situations that are way beyond your natural ability. But as you get up to speak or to pray or to serve, God just comes and increases your capacity. And it's amazing how God does it in, with people in your neighborhood. He helps us. So many of us hold back because we think we're not good enough. We've tried and failed. Or we think, well, I'm just too old or I'm too young. I've learned he didn't listen to Moses' excuses one little bit. He didn't listen to Gideon's excuses. He didn't listen to anyone's excuses. God's not into excuses. He just says, do what I've told you to do. And he says, I'll give you courage. Face your fears and just go. And the more I've learned to just go with an open heart, I've seen God use me. And many here have discovered the same truth. Acts 1.8 in the Amplified says, but you shall receive power. That means ability, efficiency, and might. So God will give you ability beyond your natural ability. He will give you efficiency and wisdom how to do it. And he'll give you power and authority to see his life flow through you. When you pay, pray for the sick, when you reach out to help support a broken heart, God will give you wisdom and love. And before you know it, you're praying and it's going right to their heart. When I was a young person in youth leadership, I'd pray for people and they'd say, how did you know to pray that? And I'd just start praying for what I knew and then before the prayer was finished, you'd be praying for what you didn't know and the Holy Spirit was breaking into their hearts. And many times you'd open their eyes and they'd be crying or they'd, they'd give you a hug and say, how did you know to pray that? Because I knew the Holy Spirit helped me because I was just willing to have a go and start. And that's what God says. And for some of you, you've served for a long time and you've got discouraged or jaded or you've been disappointed. And the enemy has intimidated you and said, it's too late, you can't do it anymore. And I believe right now the Spirit of God is saying, don't pull back, don't hide. Whether you're 20 or 70 and you think, well, I've had a go and it didn't work out very well. The Spirit of God says, step up and have another go. You'll get wiser. You've learned another way how it doesn't work very well. So you get more dependent on God. And I believe the Spirit of God today is saying, don't let the enemy intimidate you out of what he's called you to do. Because the calling of God is without repentance. And he wants to stir our hearts to step up and have a go. Number five, he then sent them and released them. He said, go. Go is the first two letters of God. So he's all about go. Just go. Be available. Wherever we are in our workplace, our neighborhood, just be available to speak. And I'm amazed how Jesus just flows through your life when you go. Just yesterday, 
we were, I was down the back of my uh, uh, property and the they'd been, builders had been fixing up the house down the back and it was only a new home but they hadn't done deep enough foundation so now the house was all cracking and they had to spend four weeks underpinning it with concrete and steel and uh, they had to pull our fence down and, and use their equipment on our property and I said that's fine. So they were finally fin- finishing this, they went down there and as they're raking and cleaning up I ended up with a whole big section of my yard all cleared of stumps and trees so I, I thought it was worth the effort so I'd, <laughs> a bit of inconvenience for me down the back of my property didn't worry me. We on a hectare of land so it wasn't right up near our neighborhood and as the guys were raking I'm just talking to them about what they're doing and after about two minutes he says you're a good person it just I said really he said yeah you really care for your neighbors and I hadn't said anything about Jesus to him but something inside of me and my attitude and perspective touched this guy's heart and I thought, wow, you're just who you are. You carry Jesus just by your attitude, your words, your love, your care. And we don't even realize the influence we have just by being Jesus, by letting him flow through you. And sometimes you have the supernatural dynamics happening of, of praying for healing or, or you pray for a breakthrough. And next week they ring you and say, you won't believe what happened. I said, yes, I will. Tell me. Because you get used to supernatural things happening. And uh, lastly... He then told them to come back and report what they'd seen or heard. Accountability. So if you want to be a good leader in whatever way you are, we can learn these basic lessons from Jesus. Number one, be an example. Don't tell someone to do something that you're not willing to have a go at. And so you model it as a servant leader. Secondly, you train and teach with um, directions and clear instructions. Then you delegate responsibility. You know the word responsible is made up of two words, response and ability. So responsibility is response to his ability. That's all it is. And God wants responsible people. Just be consistent and responsible. And uh, then it goes on and he said he will then empower you with authority. He will then send you and then he'll get you to report back and be accountable. So if you're a leader, there's some principles that can help you be better in your leadership role, in your business, in your ministry, in your family. And God can help us. And sometimes we miss one or two of those. But I've learned that the more I do those and follow Jesus' example, the more effective our leadership comes. Here at BASA, we're developing a much clearer leadership pathway so that people can have uh, more influence. We want more people to function in leadership in our roles. And some will say, well, leaders are born. I think they're born and made. They're born, but the Spirit of God can take us and develop us and pass on what we've learnt to others. I heard the story of the little boy who was about five years old, and like all the kids, he was trying to learn how to do up his shoelaces. You know, some of you can remember back that far. Some of us, our memory fades on those um, situations. But he, for, for weeks, he'd be trying to do his shoelaces before he went off to preschool. And one morning he finally got it. He managed to, he'd watched mum and dad do it so many times. He thought, I can do that. And then he'd always, always end up with a mess and it would just, the knot wouldn't hold. And one day he finally got it. And next minute he's crying his eyes out, so upset. And mum said, you should be happy. You finally worked out what you've been trying to do. He says, yeah, but now I've got to do it the rest of my life. He realized he now had the responsibility to do it for the rest of his life. And some people in leadership step back because they don't want to carry the responsibility because they want someone else to do it sometimes. God says, no, you just be what I've called you to be. 
I've given you gifts and a sphere of influence. I've anointed you. I've opened up opportunities that no one else can take. And just go for it. And there is a weight of responsibility and leadership. I call it the healthy pressure of leadership. It will keep you focused. It will keep you praying. It will keep you dealing with your emotions, keeping your attitudes right. It will, it will cause you to deal with offenses. It will cause you to find ways to break through and keep growing. It's the healthy pressure of leadership that some people get crushed under or you can choose saying, God, help me because I want to keep moving forward. And some of us, I meet people regularly who have been damaged or crushed in leadership and it can happen. We all go through tests. But I want to say God's grace is more than enough. It's a great privilege and a responsibility. John 12, 26 says, If anyone serves me, he must continue to faithfully follow me without hesitation, holding steadfastly to me, conforming to my example in living, and if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. And wherever I am in heaven's glory, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Wow, wow, wow. What a privilege to serve Jesus. Hey, there's a cost. There is a cost. And if you're on worship team, you've got to make sure you get to bed early on Saturday night and you've got to make sure you look after your voice and you're healthy and well and you've practiced your songs. There's a, there's a price to pay. If you're a teacher and if you're preparing the Word of God, I have to focus those last few days of every week to make sure I'm hearing what God's saying to my heart. And I have to say no to other things so I can be faithful to His call. My life. Whatever God's given you, you've got to learn to be faithful and responsible. But the, boy, the rewards are just amazing. They're out of this world. And I want to encourage you, whatever gifts God's given you, surrender them to Him and He will do His work. John 15, 15 says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. Do you realize Jesus, when they asked him, how do you do this? He said, I only do what the Father shows me. And then the disciples said, how do you do that? And they said, well, I do what the Father showed me. And then before Jesus left, he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. So now we have to do whatever the Holy Spirit tells us or nudges us to do. And that makes life not complicated, but simple. If you hear his voice and you keep obeying, you just keep saying yes. There's some people in this church, in this meeting, God's calling you to step up to another level of leadership, another level of responsibility. God's calling some of you to pick up the mantle again that has once was in your hand, but you've dropped it because of busyness or shame or disappointment or things have gone haywire in your family and think, well, I'm disqualified. No, God's calling is never disqualified from you. You have to choose to say, Lord, heal me so my story can touch other people's hearts. I just feel His grace right now just drawing people's souls. I can feel His love drawing us. As the worship team comes, Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. Here's the Lord leading us and guiding us, taking us on this amazing adventure called life with all of its ups and downs. And I just feel the Spirit of God tugging at many of our hearts saying, hey, if you're serving in leadership, keep serving. We're all leading and influencing people in some way. 
there's some people here and you're hiding because you're afraid or you don't think you can do it. I want to say, just be willing to be trained and learn and step up and have a go. You say, well, I'm not sure what area. I can tell you what area. The areas you get frustrated with and say, why don't they do that in the church? And why don't we reach out in the community? That's the areas God's saying you should be involved because that's what you see. Your area of frustration or criticism is often the area you should be serving in and making a difference. I've found that over and over again. Whenever I've been frustrated when I was a young person, the Lord said, well, you have a go. I said, okay, I will. (laughs) And you step up and all of a sudden things change. And I believe God's calling us to keep growing in leadership. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.